This evening's Bible scripture reading will come from Matthew chapter 16, verse number 18. There the Bible reads, And I say to you that you are Peter, but upon this foundational rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Please be seated. That's coming up a little bit later. I'll explain. But first, first, notice my shirt and my tie. Because I'm wearing this for a purpose. We are part of a Bible study campaign. We've just started. And this campaign can increase our knowledge of God's Word. Come the end of January, hopefully... We're going to know over 500 key stories and events of the Bible. We want you to be part of this. I believe that this can be life-changing for all of us. Now, if you're still wondering the nuts and bolts behind the method, go to our Facebook page for the church, 70 West Church of Christ, Look for me in this shirt and this tie sitting in my dining room. Most of you have been to my dining room. And watch that about a seven or eight minute video. That video will explain the method and how to do it and how to compile your master list using the blank pages of your Bible. Then after that, all I'm asking for is five classes a week in five minutes a day. Watch the five classes a week. Do your five minutes a day. And I believe we will become once again walking Bibles. We will know God's Word. So please do that for me. I would appreciate it. Meanwhile, this is Bible investigation, the class where you ask the questions and the Bible gives you the answers. I say that six times a week at nine o'clock at night. Tonight's question is really a two-part question from a young man in Tennessee. Here is his question. I have heard you speak about being a member of the New Testament church. And you talk about Matthew chapter 16, the passage that Billy just read. Do you have any proof? Do you have any proof that your church is the church that Jesus promised that he would build in Matthew 16. Now, Billy, as a preacher, we love a challenge. And he is challenging me to show him proof. I'm going to show you proof tonight. And then he gives me a second question. Do you have a paper trail? I'll get back to that in, in just a moment. Now, I want this class, this sermon to be for all of us, but especially I'd like it to be for our young people. 
because I want you to know some things about the church that Jesus built. Now, I'm going to start off with a very controversial statement. Here is my statement. I'm not interested in being part of a church like or similar to the church that Jesus built. Now, why would I say something like that? Well, a monkey, a monkey is like a man in the fact that a monkey is a mammal and a monkey walks on two legs, but a monkey is certainly not a man. Even though it's like, it's not the same thing. Cain and Abel both worship God. The worship of Cain and Abel was similar in that both worship Jehovah God and both was worshiping at approximately the same time and both were worshiping in response to blessings. But one worship was accepted and one worship was rejected. You see, we can be like something. We can be similar to something, but we can fail to be the same thing. Here's what I'm interested in. I want to be part of the church that Jesus built, not similar to that church, not like that church, but I want to be part of the one that he built. So are we part of the one that he built? I'm interested in, in finding the church that Jesus promised to build when Peter made that wonderful confession. Let's go back to that confession. Verse 16, Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now tonight, I want to show you proof. I want to show you proof tonight that we are a part of the church that Jesus built. Not like to, not similar to, but we are part of the one that he built. But I think I want to first answer the second question. What was that second question? The second question was, Michael, do you have a, a paper trail? Now, what does he mean by paper trail? Now, people who do family trees, do a little uh, research on your family tree, you know what a paper trail is. Uh, I can show you a birth certificate that shows that I am the son of James Cox. I can show you his birth certificate where he was the son of Henry Osmer Cox, and I can take it all the way back through birth records, through uh, death records, uh, through uh, uh, voting records. I can take it all the way back to King James. Okay? My ancestors took care of all the birds for King James. Okay? That's how we got our name. Uh, you know, a chicken is also called a gamecock. Okay? So my ancestors took care of all the game cocks, the chickens, so we are the Cox family. Okay, that's how we get our name. Now, 
I can show you those documents. I can go back and do the paper trail. So this young man in Tennessee is asking me, can you show me a paper trail that takes the Church of Christ all the way back to the first century? No. I can't. Now, I can show you documents. I can go back as far as the, uh, as the 10th century uh, there in Europe. Groups of New Testament Christians meeting together following the New Testament pattern. I can show you that, but I can't take it all the way back to the first century. Why? Why does the paper trail stop in the 10th century? Now, let me say this. Even though I can't show you a paper trail, I believe there have been Christians worshiping, following the New Testament pattern all the way, every century, all the way back to the first century. I think we've always had Christians meeting, you know, at various places, at various times between now and all the way back to the first century. But in terms of showing you a paper trail of documents, I can't do it. I can take you back to the 10th century. That's about it. But I would be surprised if I could take you back further than that. Here's why. Record keeping is difficult. In fact, when we look at record keeping and old documents, we really primarily only have documents that uh, apply or part of the king, you know, royal documents, or we have uh, important books uh, like the Bible. You know, we have the Bible. But other documents have not stood the test of time. They've been destroyed. They've been lost. Uh, we no longer have them. Now, while I can't produce a paper trail of documents going all the way back to the first century, I can give you something better. I can give you something better than a paper trail. Because guess what? A human paper trail, human documents, records can be falsified. A good friend of mine, he wanted to find out more about his family tree. So he thought he had discovered the answer to his family tree. But then he decided to do one of those DNA tests. He found out that he was really wrong. Now he didn't know which way to go. So he decided to fly out to Salt Lake City. Now why Salt Lake City? Salt Lake City probably has more family records, genealogical records than any other place in our country. And he did some more research and he found out that the documents that he thought were correct were wrong. You see, human documents can be falsified. But I can give you something better, much, much better than human documents. I can give you proof that we have the New Testament church today. Let me talk about the reasons. We have the New Testament church today 
because the church that Jesus built would have the right seed. This is Virginian peanuts from Virginia. These are the largest peanuts that I can find because I enjoy big peanuts. But these Virginian peanuts are babies compared to the ones that we grew on the farm. We always had about two acres of Georgia peanuts. In fact, a particular kind of Georgia peanuts. They would be about, oh, I'd say, what, Lisa, 50, 75% bigger than these? And they were so good. Now, in having those Georgia peanuts, did we have to have a plant in Georgia and then a row of plants all the way from Georgia to Alabama, Mississippi, uh, Arkansas, up to Paragool? No, we didn't have to have that. What did we have? We had the seed. My family had got hold of, through another family connection, my family had got hold of these Georgia seeds and we planted them. And we gave them away. We had some for our own consumption, and then we mostly just gave them away to uh, family and friends. They were really good peanuts. Now, here's why I'm saying this. We have the seed. We have the seed. The succession of the plant is in the seed, not in the row. Seed produces after its kind. Genesis chapter 1, verse 11, And God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit, in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. Let me give you a rule. After growing up on a farm, I know this rule is true. Here's the rule. What is planted determine what grows. When we planted cotton, we did not intend or expect to have corn. When we planted soybeans, we did not expect to harvest wheat. What is planted determines what grows. That's a rule. And it's true with more than just physical seed. The same principle applies to doctrine. If you plant Chinese communist doctrine, you're going to reap Chinese communist doctrine. If you plant democracy, you're going to reap democracy. In religion, whatever doctrine you plant is what you're going to reap. If you plant man-made doctrine, if you plant man-made doctrine, you're going to reap man-made doctrine. But what if you plant the seed? Now, what's the seed? The seed is the Word of God. Now, in the parable of the sower, Jesus said, the seed is the Word of God. What happens when you plant the Word of God. When the seed was planted in the first century, it produced Christians, that would be individually, and it produced Christ's church, 
collectively. That's what happened. You planted the seed, you planted the Word of God, and you produced Christians individually in Christ's church collectively. Now, does this church, the church that we're part of today in the 21st century, does this church have the same seed today as what was planted in New Testament time? I believe it does, beyond a doubt. 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, how? Not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding Word of God. Word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower fails, but the Word of the Lord remains forever. And this Word is the good news that was preached to you. When the seed was planted, it produced Christians. Has that seed become inert? No, it's still there. It's forever. The word of the Lord remains forever. Does it have the same ground? Yes. It takes root in the hearts of men and women who are wanting to obey His word. Does it produce the same results that it did in the first century? I say it does. The church that is produced from that seed is the same one that was produced in the first century. It's the same one that bears his name today. Not the name of a man, not the name of an idea, but it bears the name of the one it belongs to. The church belongs to Jesus, the Christ. The perpetuation of the Lord's church is built in the pattern, in the seed that's planted, not in some man-made history books or documents. Christ's church. Christ's church is planted and grows when people read, understand, and obey the gospel. Same today as in the first century. He promised he would build his church, and he did. And that church is still alive today. And that's the reason why I say, even though I can't produce man-made documents proving anything beyond the 10th century, God's church has been with us ever since the first century. People simply obeying God's word and following God's pattern. The church has been there all this time. We have the New Testament church today. Why? Because the church that Jesus built would follow the same code book. You could take a game like Monopoly. And you could destroy every Monopoly game in the world. 
If you had the rule book for Monopoly, you could recreate that game. You could take every computer that we have in the world and you could destroy every computer. And if you have the code book, the diagrams for a computer, you could build a computer today, even though there's not one around. We have the code book. That's the Bible. The Bible is the standard for Christianity, not human traditions, not human doctrine, but the Bible. The Bible is the standard. Philippians chapter 3, only let us hold true to what we have attained. You know, church buildings come and go. I picked this picture because it shows a, an abandoned church building. Church buildings come and go. The church building, the building that the Liberty Church of Christ, where I grew up, they meet in the building that uh, I was, as a little boy, fortunate to help build. Now, I, I say that, actually, I was the gopher, you know. I was only about five or six, and I'd go get hammers and nails, and I'd run back and forth. And the men were actually building it, but I say, you know, I built it, you know, that's just me. I remember meeting as a little boy in the previous building. That building had been built by my dad and my brother and others in the congregation. That building is no longer there. It burnt down. It was moved and it burnt down. The previous building is the building that my ancestors helped to build. It was a log building built in the 1800s. Buildings come and go because a building is not the church. We are the church. The church has always been here because Christians have always been here. Second Timothy, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. 30, about 30 years ago, I was very fortunate to be with a group of people that went to the Ukraine just after the fall of the communist government. We were in the city of Donetsk. We were meeting at, a, at the prime building in that city. The prime building was called Lenin's Palace, named for the communist dictator Lenin. Now, during that almost two-week period, we had standing room only. I mean, the building would not hold the folks. And one night, the manager of the building came to us and said, I know that I have rented this space to you for two weeks, but we've got the president of the country coming in and he wants to hold a, a rally and I can't say no to him. He's the president. We said, okay, we'll just move our time back two hours. Would two hours be okay? And he said, yes, that would be okay. I was curious. I went to the rally. I wanted to see what it was like. The building was about half full. 
about half full for the president of the country. And then two hours later, it was once again standing room only. Why? Because for the first time in a long time, they had the opportunity to hear the word. They had the opportunity to actually come and meet God's word, to hear it being preached. The Bible, the Bible contains the code book. It's God's gift to us. We have the code book. And because we have the code book, we have the New Testament church. Then also, do we have the New Testament church? Yes, because consider the restoration principle. The restoration principle. Now, I have a buddy of mine who has more time on his hands, as I say, and he restores old cars. He restores old cars to mint condition. He gets the plans, he gets all the information sent to him, he buys it somewhere, and he restores those cars to look like they just rolled off the assembly line. That's restoration. But guess what? That's not the original restoration. We have restoration in the Bible. For example, let's look at Genesis. And Isaac dug again the wells of water that had been dug in the days of Abraham his father, which the Philistines had stopped after the death of Abraham. Now, notice this passage, because I'm going to be talking about this passage in just a moment. And he gave them the names that his father had given them. What does Isaac do? He's restoring the wells to back to where they were originally from his father. A spiritual restoration started in our country many years ago. And that restoration continues today. You see, originally, Jesus set the water of life flowing from his wellspring of the church. Okay, he started... First century, he built his church. Unfortunately, unfortunately, over the centuries, that wellspring slowly became stopped up. By what? By false teaching of man. By doing things that God's word had not authorized. Mankind elevated tradition over the teaching of the Bible. Thus, the universal church, that's what the word Catholic means, universal church, was created. But it wasn't the church. It wasn't what God had intended. Then we have the rise of the Protestant movement. The Protestant movement was in the right direction, but failed to restore the teaching and eventually created their own traditions. But then we have the restoration movement. Eventually, men like Campbell and Stone and others, they sought the original teaching and not tradition. They decided to throw away tradition and go back to the original teaching that we had back in the first century. And in so doing, what did they do? They restored 
carefully, workers eventually restored the same plan of salvation, the same first century plan of organization, the same first century model of leadership, of worship, of love, of zeal, of moral teaching. And what had they done? They had restored the church. Just like my buddy who restores cars to mint condition, making it look like they just rolled off the assembly line, restoration movement restored that first century pattern, that first century church. First Peter chapter 4. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To Him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So let's answer that first question. Is the church that Jesus built on the earth today? Yes. As long as we follow the pattern... As long as we do what the Bible says, as long as we don't add to or subtract, we have the church that he built about 2,000 years ago. That's the answer to the question. But let me ask you a question. That young man asked me two questions. Let me ask you a question tonight. Are you a part of that New Testament church? Have you done exactly?